Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey guys, welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. To uh, start 2023, we're going to uh, listen to Jeff talk us through his resolutions and his process in order to find those. And uh, I do want to say quickly for those listening, I hope you noticed that we have slightly enhanced audio. Um, You know, it's funny, we're 100 episodes in and as we've increased our production quality and content and even team with great interns, sort of the last lagging thing to catch up with everything has been getting real sort of like NPR style microphones. So we're very excited. I feel like Terry Gross today. I don't know how all of you are doing, but um, this is fun. fun. It's fun. Um, But yeah, so we're thrilled and hopefully you all are noticing an uptick in audio quality. This is our first time doing it, so we will even continue to improve this, but um, things are things are looking up for 2023. That's right. It's going to be all about you today, Jeff. Oh, uh, on. But first, but we're going to take talk about our week, or what we like to call Adventures in Screenwriting. Lorian, how was your week? I took the week off. I, I didn't mean to, but I did. I just realized how tired I was and I have been watching, I have been, been, been watching, um, this DC superhero show. (laughs) It's giving me great pleasure and I'm having, um, legends of tomorrow. Oh, that show's great. Yeah. That's really fun. I haven't watched any of the other superhero shows in the DC universe. So I'm kind of like, I, what, but, um, I like antihero stories and I like struggling superhero stories and I like all the different sort of uh, character archetypes they play with in that show and like they go back in time and mess around with history so it's kind of a little meta and so it it's exactly what I need to be doing this week and of course I've been working a little bit here and there but I just needed to chill honestly, like the holidays. My kid was sick since before Thanksgiving. I got the flu over the holidays, like not fun, but yeah. So 20, oh, the end of 2020. Well, yeah, you got it. That, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. The end of 2022 was, um, uh, it went out with a whimper for me. So I'm trying to rest and prepare and sort of prioritize, uh, and sort of figure out what my perspective is, which is, it got a little cloudy there. Well, I yeah. kind of did the same thing because I was on deadline up to the minute of of the holidays and I just was working every second of the day, getting up early, staying up late. And uh, I binge watched the British version of Ghosts, which I found utterly delightful. Now, I'm not speaking against the American version. I just haven't watched that version, so I have no opinion about it. Um, but it was recommended to me to watch the British version and what I love about that show is it starts in its first few episodes kind of just delightfully British humor, silly, almost faulty towers with lots of archetypes walking around and doing fun, silly things so that you get that kind of wonderful giggle and delight. But then as the series goes on, by the third season especially, you're getting to know all the ghosts and who they were in their real life and why they're here. And I don't know, it's very moving. I found it in a British way, like meaning it's still humorous. It's still hysterical. There's, you're still laughing, but um, 
I just thought it's a really great way to, as a writer, if you want to kind of look at comedy and how to keep it rooted and grounded and there's still lava in it. There is, there is still lava, even though you're, you know, it's super funny and they're kicking a severed head around. Um, it's really, really, uh, I, I think I love how they're layering it. So that's what I binge watched. It's funny because I need to be watching all of the movies for the Academy and I really want to there. I really, really do. But my brain is so tired from my own work that to invest in those kind of deep dramatic, my brain is just like, no, I can't, I can't, I'm so tired. I'm going to, I can't wait to read. I can't wait to watch women talking. And there's so many I'm so excited about, but, uh, but uh, that so my week has been going back into the foxhole, going back into, you know, the train kind of paused almost like, you know, a magic wand. It froze. But now the train is going 100 miles an hour again and it's hurry, hurry, hurry. And um, I'm kind of like, oh, my God, I'm still tired. Shit. Uh, so uh, I'm just in the process. And, uh, you know, as a writer, it's OK to not love all parts of the process. Um and you're not going to love all parts of the, of the writing process because you can't, you're not like a God, you're just a human. And um, kind of when it gets very fractured and you have to, you know, you're doing detail work and yet still your brain is having to think of oh, the 30,000 foot view and will this even work? And what, what are the dominoes that are going to fall? And things are starting to solidify. It's funny. Some people love that part of it, right? They love when it's starting to solidify. Uh, I don't because I like to blow things things up I like to try it again I like to try something different and um you know eventually you can't do that you got to start solidifying uh so I'm finding it challenging for me um because I have to contain myself <laughs> and control myself um so just I'm kind of already a little weary um but that's okay I just have to stay in the marathon that is a sprint at the same time um Can we talk about that for just a second that sort yeah. of blowing things up um, I'm trying to figure out why I do that. And is it some kind of defense mechanism to commit? Is it that I don't actually think it's working? Like trying to figure that part out is really challenging for me. Um, you know, I because I could just keep ripping something apart and rebuilding it and write a new pilot and a pitch and well, it's write funny, new right? character because descriptions. Things that can be great skills and positives can also be used to avoid and mm -hmm. and and divert and not finish <laughs> you know like sometimes i don't i blow things up because i'm actually afraid to take it out and get the passes i'm actually afraid for it to die because once it you're, you know it can die so it's a weird thing like i just keep not doing it or i either i'm procrastinating and doing it or i keep blowing it up you know i still um, well there's other writers who so won't blow things up that that's what they need to do so it can swing there's no right or wrong and you just see where you are. I think that if if you if your gut or anybody's gut is that you're blowing up to avoid, um, and, and there's no way to know other than to kind of sit with it. Um well let's let me ask you, Lorian, it have I, I think have you finished a version? Yes. Okay. So yes. it's not like you're getting halfway and blowing up. You're actually finishing no. versions. And what I'm finding is that um I love it and I can't wait to make the show, but there is like the pitch is too long. That's what I'm coming up against. Like it's too mm. long when I do it out loud and I'm realizing, oh, I put together more of like a Bible than a dynamic pitch that's driven by my voice. And so um, I'm well, it's sort hard. of re reorganizing so it. Pitches and are it's still so Zoom and it's beginning of the year and like people are going to want to be like, I want in and out. Like sometimes pitches are scheduled for a half an hour now. 
So you can't bring a 20 minute pitch in. I know, you know, and then it's a half an hour and people are talking about bullshit for the first 10 minutes. And you're like, yes. oh my God, you are eating up my pitch time. Yes. Stop so talking I'm trying... about the cookies your grandma made over Christmas. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> trying to find that sweet spot of let's say I get 30 minutes or 45 minutes with the exec, right? I want to have the chit chat time and, oh, right, remember we worked on this or, oh, you know, so-and-so, like all that, right? Because that's so critical for a pitch. But then I also want to be able to get into the the meat of it very quickly, but it's like a complex world and- and I love it. And I cannot wait to make the show, but it's finding that, that piece. Well, you know, that's why pitching is so difficult. And, or when people say, well, just give me an outline. It's like, ha I have to write the whole <laughs> thing to know what the outline is. Yes. What are you talking about? Especially if yes. your brain works in a very right side, like not logical and it's just finding things. So I totally hear you that you can, it, I trust your instincts that you need to cut it down because it is always better to have a 12 minute pitch and let them ask questions and then use yes. all that other stuff as the questions. Cause now they're engaged in creating that with you versus them just sitting there like a lump receiving it. You want to, you want to, I, so you're totally right. I, I just want to say, I think your instincts are right. And what happens when you write the 12 minute pitch? Yeah. So that's what I have to work on. That's so have, what you have tried the 12 minute yet? I'm in it. I have it on my desktop. <laughs> oh, no. No, Meg, I haven't. Okay, fine. You caught me out. But here's the other piece about pitching on Zoom is that people turn off their camera. So, That's so rude. So they turn off their camera. They mute themselves. Sometimes they back away. They leave the camera on, but they'll like back out of frame. That's so and I know, rude. And I know what, like... I can't, I can't make a judgment about it. Like, I'm sure these people are on Zooms all day long and they're... I know, but to ask somebody to pitch to a black screen or a photograph, that's crazy. So that's another part of it is that I... I love the the dynamic exchange. Like I love pitching in person because like you can feel people lean forward and like they're looking at you. Well, you know when to speed up. You know when to because you're getting a feedback loop. Yeah, a little aside, a joke, ha ha ha. You know, like there's all that fun stuff, that interaction. And so I have to prepare that like I might be pitching to three or four blank screens that I might only have 15 minutes and that like, it, so it's sort of like I have to there's like pressure in that. And then I know that I can do it. I know this pitch so well. I wouldn't even need a pitch at this point. I would just come in and talk about the show. I know. And you're such a good pitcher, too. So I, I it just feels like in I'm terms not of your quite 12 minute there. pitch in terms of your 12 minute pitch. And don't and we can cut this if you're going to like, yeah, yeah. tell me to fuck off. Um, <laughs> Meg, because, fuck off. Fuck How about off. that? That'll uh, be my it, new ringtone for you. <laughs> So um, do you know the operational theme of the show? Yes. Because I think you can build the picture on that, right? Because the yes. operational theme is the engine. It yes. is what, you know, it is why people are going to tune in. So operational theme and relationships is why people tune in, right? Those are, so, I know all those things so well. There's a 12 minute pitch. Like, yeah. I love the characters. I love your operational theme. And I love the relationships. Yeah. Great. Now let's have a conversation about it. Where yeah. And that's go? how I'm reorganizing it. Cause I am the operational theme. Like I have the the story to kick it off. I have the, you know, my belief system. I have it. It's in there. Right. And I love that you pitched um, Javi's article about that on the Facebook group. Cause I reread it and I had to ask myself all those really critical questions about yeah, all my it's projects. So good. It's so yeah. good. And that's such a great episode. If anybody's trying to put together TV shows, the, the, his, his episode. Well, I believe in you. I feel validated. Thank you. I believe in you. You can do it. 12 minutes. You can pitch it to me anytime. 
All right. Or just go do it. Just go do it. Just yes. do the 12 minute pitch. And I'm sorry, you, you know, if it dies, it dies. That's, you know. I know. I, I know. know. I know. Sometimes the pain of letting it simmer has to get worse than the pain of it dying. And I'm in that. I'm like, all right, I just need to book the pitches. Let's just book the pitches. Yeah, like, and then I, you have a I deadline. Can't... And then you're yes. going to fucking need to get a 12-minute pitch down because you have a deadline because the pitches are coming. I talk really fast. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Jeff, how was your week? Uh, and we can move from there into our topic of your resolutions. For 2023. Yeah. You know, my week was good. I wanted to quickly comment, Meg. It's funny. You mentioned feeling sort of that industry and artistic obligation to watch a lot of the Oscar movies, but feeling also a sense of like, I want to have the intellectual and emotional brain space to engage with this. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think what you're acknowledging is a really important aspect of our business, which is that all writing and all types of writing and all things that get produced matter, you know? I talked about this with Aireen Donahue, who we had on, who is a very prolific holiday movie writer, among other things. But, you know, she was saying one of the frustrating things sometimes about her work is that people can sort of um, passive aggressively poo poo what she's making because it isn't getting nominated for Oscars. But she very sharply countered with like, instead, what I'm making is something that people find so much joy and comfort and relief in, which is really beautiful. And I said the exact same thing to her, which was like, you know, last night, I was really glad that I got to watch uh, Sugar and Spice Holiday and not The Banshees of Inish Sharon. And like, I can't wait to watch The Banshees of Inish Sharon and I know I'm going to like it, but I was tired and really looking for something that I knew would kind of probe similarly deep and important themes just in maybe a cozier way. And I just think that's really important. So for our writers who might be feeling that, it's a good reminder to all of us that like your voice and what matters to you is awesome because it's going to really matter to someone else. Yeah, whether um, that's a silly, goofy, yet poignant British, uh, you know, TV show about ghosts, mm -hmm. right? Or it's a holiday movie, or it's like what you love, we will love, you know. Right. I mean, I also yeah. be honest. I watched. I've. I did watch. I just binged Alone, which I know I'm eight years behind, but it's so good because it's it's reality TV show. So my brain, who, which is tired of fiction, fiction and structure and blah, 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 doesn't have to worry about it because it's reality TV show, which I know it's not. I know they're editing it. But, you know, it's also such a great metaphor for writing because yeah. they all start. So they basically take 10 people. They stick them out in the wilderness. They're all survivalists. They're not just, you know, anybody. They 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 purport to know how to survive in the wild like that is their a lot of them it's their career it's what they teach it's how they make money right so it's like i'm a writer like it's i'm a writer this come on put me i can do it and then they get stuck in the fucking wilderness as winter's coming and they mostly fall apart emotionally they mo winter is coming winter is coming <laughs> but literally a lot of them can build the huts that i couldn't do any of this shit which is fun it's to watch i'm also like telling my friend annie i'm like when the plane goes down i will help us survive because i've watched this show so now i know <laughs> that's also why i love this show because there's lots of tips about how to skin a rabbit and all that kind of stuff when i watch so you think you can dance i'm like i could do that i could i could look at my extension yes but it's such a good metaphor for any creative art because you go in really full of confidence. You go in, this is a great story. I can do this. You know, sure, there's going to be challenges. I'm wide-eyed. I'm a professional. I understand that there's going to be challenges to the writing and that I'm going to do many drafts and there might be personalities I have to deal with and blah, 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 whatever we think we know the realities of survival and thriving as a writer. But man, when you get in there and you're all alone, like in your head, trying to figure it out, all by yourself in your head 
and your brain starts acting on you and talking to you and talking back to you. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And like my survival instinct at the moment is to go have a donut, which <laughs> now after you watched alone, I'm like, well, I'm just packing on the fat. So when starvation hits, I'm ready. Sometimes I'm ready. it's okay. Anyways, to- it's a great show if you're in the mood. Uh, you can eat the donut. And here's a practice for you, Meg. Don't judge. Just okay. eat the fucking donut and enjoy the goddamn donut <laughs> because it's self-destructive then to eat the donut as a survival mechanism and not enjoy it and beat yourself up about it. Like, <laughs> oh, I enjoyed the donut. Do not get me wrong. I defiantly I support the donut. Message. Yes. <laughs> with, anyways, uh, it's a, Alone is a really fun show for artists, I think. I know it's crazy to say, but it's such a fun show if you're an artist. All right. If so I could, Jeff, sorry, let's... just super quickly. Okay, if we're talk, okay. I'm just going to say quickly, if we're talking about fun, like unrelated, non-scripted, great, fulfilling TV, I'm watching this Netflix show called Drink Masters, which is um, Netflix is getting increasingly in. good. At what is these... it? Yeah, I know. It's great. Are they making um, cocktails? Yeah, I'm in. Are they drinking yes. cocktails? So it's basically it's like it's like Great British Bake Off or Iron Chef with the be- world's best mixologists. So it's oh I know Meg, God. you watch Blown Away, that glass blowing show. Love and it. Yes. Yeah, Netflix is getting increasingly good at these like highly specialized reality competition shows, and you're watching great craftsmen at work. It has nothing to do with writing, so it's wonderful because you can watch. Yes. Beauty- so I think you're watching artists at work, but yes. not in your medium. Right. Yeah. is really validating to you that, oh my God, this is really hard and it's incredibly stressful and yet beautiful yeah. and yet amazing when it works and it's so special and singular. It's so yeah. singular when it works, but holy shit, it mostly doesn't work. Yeah, so that's Drink Masters um, <laughs> oh, and I think I it's great. Um, okay, this so let's jump into has our turned topic. Into I'm, I'm terrified. Rain Fuzz TV. When you, you just want to enjoy <laughs> something... And, you know, check out of your real life for just a second. But you're still, it's still, and yet it's be still spoken in it. to. Yes. Still connect. It, yeah. Yes. I'm a yes. big fan. Yeah. I love it. Which is why I think a good, a good thing for resolutions, because resolutions are also about scaffolding. They're about mm-hmm. a, a ladder uh, towards the next year and support structures around you. They don't have to be things to beat yourself up with. They can be things to help and support you. Like drink yes, more water. Mine is drink I more water. Sure. I will say that the legend show is really fun for me because it's episodic, um, but it has a big arc and it's so connected to the universe. And I have these great big world ideas. And sometimes it feels it's so big. I can't articulate what an episode might be. So watching the show is actually research. And it's actually helping me drill down into like, oh, this is an episode in a great big world with a great big, you know, I mean, it's a huge world, right? The DC universe and how they incorporate all different characters and everything. And it's really fun and satisfying, even though I only kind of half know what's going on. I know all the DC fans just are very upset about me talking about this, (laughs) but, um, but it, it is actually my story brain is working. So I just want to say that as a defense. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, listen, even if you're watching around TV show, I mean, I am also watching. Somebody's creating a story I am also out watching of footage. The circle, so. Oh, love the circle. <laughs> Great show. Yeah. All right, Jeff, I'm not, we're not going to avoid it anymore. <laughs> Jeff, what are your resolutions? Why are they important to you? What's going on, dude? This is, a, it's an interesting topic because I feel like, there's kind of in this sense, we've had this topic on the calendar for a while. And 
I think in general, the idea of New Year's resolutions can carry with it like a lot of anxiety and weight and a feeling of the new year in general, I feel like, at least for me, can really like sometimes in a negative way, put into perspective how much you're quote achieving and how yeah, much all the gotten... shit you didn't do. You didn't lose all the, the 10 shit you pounds. Didn't do. Yeah. You didn't get to sign your kid up for that thing. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. So, so why I... make new ones? So I feel like when approaching resolutions, I feel like it's good to be like really generous with ourselves and just like recognize that we're doing this as a way to feel inspired and excited rather than burdened or afraid of what we feel like, like how we might fail. So I would encourage all of you, if you are making writing resolutions, don't view it as some kind of unattainable burden or thing that you know you'll inevitably fail at. Be generous with yourself and instead try to use it as a way to be an even better version of yourself this year. Um, and so I think my resolution for this year, I'll just go ahead and say it, and then we can go through why I hope it's a attainable resolution, is to try to spend a half hour a day doing put yourself out there career stuff which I know is a kind of a vague way to try to articulate what I want to do. But I have some exciting news about a career step for me that hopefully will be, I'll be able to talk about more specifically in a month or so. Um, but I feel like it's positioning me to want to try to take a, like a next step in my career. And the only way to do- You mean do like contact people? Yeah. Or go to like, lunch or you mean the business stuff that writers- Businessy stuff, like- really starting to seriously write down a list of rep that could be a good fit for me based on the kind of stuff I write and maybe even production companies that might be a good fit based on what I'm writing and developing and trying to take a meeting, you know, once a week with someone I'm excited about. And I feel like it can be so easy for me, especially to silo myself, especially with this movie that I'm like finishing up and just like the work, the work, the work. And if you do that for too long, you put yourself on an Island and you just live on that Island forever. So Spending a half oh, hour a, a day. Point. Yeah, spending it's a half. A great point. I mean, yeah. people for, think that to be a writer means just to write, and mm -hmm. that's just not, unfortunately, the case. Um, you have to write. You have to have great product and great things that shows your voice on all the stuff we talk about on here. But the other part of being a writer is the business of it and contacts and you know who you know and taking those lunches. And I know people right now are like, I don't live in L.A. Well, I know, but there's Zoom now, so now there's no. There's no. We'll say when you're reaching anymore. out to somebody or wanting to reconnect with someone, be really clear about what it is you're looking for. Like, hey, let's grab lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes can, like, depending on your relationship. Like, I had a general with somebody in like last summer, and we had a great time in the meeting talking about the industry. And we didn't actually get to the meat of the conversation until like the last five seconds. But at the end, it was like, I'd love to keep chatting with you about the state of the industry and, you know, life happened. And so I was like, oh, I do want to reconnect with him just because he had such a great perspective. So I reached out to my manager and I was like, hey, can you set up a meeting with me to talk about the industry? Like, I'm not saying I want to pitch something to you or I, I, I'm very clear about what it is I'm looking for in that meeting. Um, like, I'm not trying to, it's not a back, I really do. That's what I want to talk about. Because if I get a request for someone to meet with me, I, it's really helpful. Like, oh, they want to ask me about this or they want to talk about this. Then I kind of can figure out where I can put that meeting and what the priority is. Um, and if I want to, right? So it's mm -hmm. less like, hey, yeah. let's get together and have a Zoom is like, mm, why? Like, what are you? I don't know right. what you're looking for. So in order to set the other person up, well, I think it's a really good idea to be clear. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, you know this, but just to some of our emerging writers... If you do get a general, be it a Zoom or whatever, in person, on the phone, 
you really have to do your homework and know who that person is. Because when you don't and you start asking me questions that if you just Googled for two seconds, it's almost insulting. Like it's going to do the opposite of what you want to be doing. Like, don't ask me to do your homework. Like even when there was no Google and we had to do this all like by hand in books and like that, you had to do it. Like you had to go through all, I had to go to the library and go through all the varieties and search. Like that is just how we did it. So your job is to know who you're talking to. You know, sometimes I go to like question and answers and they haven't even, they don't even know who I am other than the little blurby that somebody said up front. And it's like, that's, it's fine. I'm not mad about that because it's just a group thing. But the people who impress me actually have done a little homework and they're asking really good questions, right? And mm-hmm. so that person, when they contact me, I'm like, oh, right, I remember you. Yeah, sure. Let's do a general. Like, it's such a small thing and yet it can go a long way. I know that you know that, Jeff. I just Yeah, and my it. advice no, is good. not for you. It's think... for, you know, the listeners, no, you know course. this. If also, yeah, but yeah. like, don't say to somebody. I need the advice as someone, well, though. I Googled you and this is what I found. Someone said that to me once and I was like, don't let me know. <laughs> That's creepy. That's creepy. Just so know do it. have a good question. But just, just have, have a good, good question. question. Like, be prepared. I know you Googled me, but right. don't tell me you Googled me. I don't know. It was a, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's a great, is that a first resolution? So half hour every week, day, what did you say? Let's get it. Right. Half hour oh. every day. Um, It's like my initial, my initial resolution was going to be get wrapped Um, because I feel like the pieces are going to kind of be more in alignment for me to take that step. Um, But the reason that's not a great resolution, and we're going to go through some of some parameters that you should think about when you set a resolution is because I can't necessarily control me getting repped. I can, no, you cannot. Yeah. I can query and I can send out and I can take meetings, but I can't control me getting reps. So that's a goal that I might accomplish and I hope to accomplish this year, but it's a tough thing to set as a resolution because it, a lot of it exists outside of what I can control, but what I can control is how much time I spend putting the pieces together to move toward that goal. So having a measurable sort of like, I'm literally going to set a timer every day for 30 minutes and kind of turn off my Wi-Fi and emails. Well, I'll need my Wi-Fi because it'll be like Googling names and writing down contact and reconnecting with people. But that'll be like my half hour, like building my entertainment black book time and like checking in with people and seeing even if what- you do, Even if you do something really small in that half hour, mm-hmm. right? Like every yep. day, you're not going to do a gigantic thing. Every right. day, you're not going to call somebody. It could just be, I'm going to Google now for a half hour. Right. I'm going to write a list of things. Uh, what else I could do? And I think it's so smart to not say, like, I think there's a difference between a resolution and like a beacon, mm-hmm. right? Like the beacon is ultimately you want to direct and write and be that guy, that, that creator. Well- a step to that is to be repped. Right. That those are not resolutions. Those one is a, a beacon. One is a step to get there, because a resolution feels more like an intention, mm-hmm. right? And an in, to ha- to set an intention before your pitch. I often before I pitch, I set an intention, um, uh, or a meeting, a general, right? The intention has to be within your power. Like it can't be reliant upon the other person's reaction to you. Because you have no, like you said, Jeff, you have no control over that. But to set the intention of opening yourself for a half hour every day to the business side, it's going to switch over your brain and you have total control over that. Mm-hmm. Like when I go into a pitch, sometimes my intention is just to connect with the listener. And whether they like it, they don't like it, ultimately, if I connect with them, they will remember me and they'll want to hear the next pitch. And that's the best you can do, right? So- or my intention is to have a lot of energy or whatever, if I'm feeling low energy or whatever. Like, I think always having an intention to what you're doing 
is super smart. Um, I do it. I, I need to do it myself. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do for this part of the process. What is my intention for this part of the writing process? Um, so I, I thank you, Jen. Yeah, me too. Me I was looking back at like, I worked with a friend about like, what are our goals for 2022? And I had like, you know, get this show set up and make this much money, you know, like big blue sky, but they were nothing. None of that happened because life interrupted me last year in such a massive way. I had no control over these big health things that were coming down at me um, in my family. And so it, it made these things, these goals I had, it made me feel like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't, I wasn't able to do it instead of re yeah that's what i mean by perspective i'm trying to figure out what my perspective is like what what do i have control over like pitching to blank screens is like okay i have to prepare myself for that like what is my intention then have a short pitch <laughs> i intend to have a short entertaining powerful engaging pitch but like you're yeah yes but your intention could be to enjoy yes. your own story yeah while yeah. you're telling it mm-hmm. right or your intention could be to show them how yeah. much i love this again whether they buy it or not no. is not yes. part of your intention because there are so many factors that have nothing to do with what you're pitching them. Like 95% of it's it has so hard to not to be goal them. oriented though, because it measures, like you said, Jeff, productivity uh, and productivity is representation of output and hard work, which is our, such American concepts that are so ingrained in us. Like you have to have, you have to show something for the work that the work itself is so hard to quantify. And so that somehow it has no meaning. It's very frustrating. Well, it's so interesting because this also comes into the how to write because a lot of emerging writers or pros want the rules and they want the template and they want the pro- to show the progress and to show the, and what we're talking about is presence, right? To be present in that pitch, to be present in that scene, in that moment, in the larger script, because that's where the authenticity is coming from. That's the artistry is that presence. And it is hard because Jeff is saying rightly, he has to do the work to be present with his work, but he also has to do the business stuff, Mm -hmm. which is, is about progress on some level, but the progress can just be, I did it for a half hour. Like you showed up, Mm -hmm. just show up because I do believe, I deeply believe if you can set the intention to be present, to connect, whatever that is, those are seeds that are moving out into the world for you as a writer, both internally and in helping you do what you do and in the business. So some I, I swear to God, you guys, half no, more of the job of being an artist, but especially a writer, is just showing up. Mm-hmm. Showing right. up to do the business part. Showing up, okay, just set the fucking pitches. Just set them, right? Like, just show up at the at the table um, and everybody has this illusion because I think because of movies, we create the illusion that, you know, you're going to get to be an artist in act three and go off and live your great life. And now it's the easy part. And it's like, no, now it's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, now it's the hard part. And so much, so many people just stop showing up and it's mm. not about talent and genius and all that stuff that people say, they just stop showing up. Um, which is why you need your support system, which we talk about a lot too. Um, oh, and if I could quickly say too, the other, yeah. just to echo back to what you were saying, Lorian, is like, you were saying maybe some of these big goals you didn't necessarily quote accomplish, but you also got nominated for an Emmy last year. And that's a good example of how things, so many achievement oriented aspects of our business can feel kind of out of our control because you might've felt crazy in January of 2022 saying, I resolved to get nominated for an Emmy award this year. 
but it happened. So it's like, that's why it's so important for us to set goals that we can control because I mean, that's fucking awesome that you got nominated for an Emmy last year. Well, but, but look at that ripple too. Like yeah. that's why you have to set an intention that you have control over because the rest are just ripples that are going out that you can't control if you're going to get nominated for an yeah, Emmy. I or just showed up every work. day. You can just put, have, I showed up. You mm-hmm. just show up every day you showed up. and you do your best and you're present with the work and you're an artist and you deal with the hits and you deal with the disappointments and you deal with the fires, right? And you show up every day and then it ripples. And sometimes it ripples into a nomination and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the nomination, sometimes the ripple is somebody calling you up and saying, I watched what you did and it really moved me and it made me think about something. It made me think about myself. It helped my kid, whatever. You know, it's just, you can't control the ripples, but I believe the ripples will happen and have impact if you're authentically showing up and doing the the work that we talk about, the lava, the intention, the business side, showing up for yourself, believing in yourself enough to give yourself a half hour every day to how, what's the business side of this? What do I need to be doing? Which can be paralyzing for a lot of writers because that's not who we are often. Um, and you have to really believe in yourself to do that. You really have to say, put a, you're put, Joe, Jeff, you were putting a stake in the ground saying, I'm a writer director who deserves and is worth this business side and I'm deserving and worth mm-hmm. this half hour. And that's super important. And if if to our listeners, if you don't feel that way inside yet, that's totally fine. I often do not. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Like if I was a person who completely believed in myself and felt myself worthy, what would I be doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I would make this list or whatever. So uh, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm in love with your intent, your resolution. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, what's true is you become more deserving by doing it. Because the thing that separates you from those who aren't achieving is that you're doing it. So if you don't feel like someone who deserves to take that half hour to commit to the business side of the industry, doing it makes you one of those people who's committing to spending their time. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of a No, it does because you're going to learn a lot. You're going to get a lot of information. You're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about the business. You're going to learn what to do, what not to do. And that experience now lives with you and becomes Mm -hmm. a part of who you are. So as other things come at you, you're going to be like, I know this. I've actually been here before. Wow. I have some value. I have some worth. I've got something to stand on. Um, And you're in the 1% of people who are actually doing it and not just talking about it. Because most people in our business are the ones who just talk about wanting it. And the ones that succeed are the ones who are doing it. So, And weathering the disappointment. And weathering the the, Well, I thought that was going to be a trail for me to get there and didn't because that door just closed. Okay. Um, I I do think it's important to frame what you mean by success too. Like being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I have fatigue around trying to improve myself all the time. Like this is it. This is it. Like I can, I can behave better in certain situations. I can react differently. I can moderate my emotions a little bit better, but like, this is who I am. And I am tired of trying to uh, um, be some version of myself that I don't know, culture has decided I I need to be in order to be worthy. And I, so like success for me, that is what I'm trying to figure out. What does success mean? Is it just supporting my family financially? Is it having a, a show on the air? Is it building community? Is it this podcast? Like what is success for me? And I'm working on just letting that go and focusing on the showing up and drinking water, like showing up in everything, right? I managed to ride my Peloton twice this year so far. <laughs> You know, I showed up. <laughs> I showed you. up. I just put my butt in the saddle and I 
peddled and the showing up is really hard sometimes, right? Uh, the struggle to show up. And then it's always like, oh, I'm glad I showed up and I did it because it didn't, it wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be. It's, it, there's always that dread component, right? Well, there's also an, an element for being a woman. And I think that men can learn this too, but I think culturally it's a female phenomenon of your job and value is based on showing yes. up for everybody else. That your value, that that worth chart check is you showed up for everybody else who needs you. Um, and by the way, that is part of being a human being. Of course, it's part of being a mother. You have to show up for your kids. You have to show up for your partner. You have to show up for your friends. You want to show up for those people. So I'm not, it's not black and white, but often we can use that as reasons to not show up for ourselves, to put ourselves last because it somehow feels selfish, right? As a child, you were told it was selfish, uh, especially as a girl, to be talking about yourself right now, right? To be saying what you need, right? Look, what? why are you talking about that? I mean, somebody told me once, a child development person, that it starts when you're two. When you're two and in the terrible twos, there's a lot of I want, I want, I want. And immediately, especially as a girl, you're told, do not do that. You are not going to be accepted if you're talking about yourself. And so sometimes that showing up actually feels dangerous, to our survival brain because it's going against so much programming um, to put yourself first. And I'll tell you, because I've ingrained it into my kids that I will stop whatever I'm doing and listen to them. First of all, I don't think it was good for them because now they have this expectation that people will do that. And I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> going to happen. <clears throat> but it's also like, dude, I'm in, literally in triangle pose, almost upside down. And you're walk just walking in and talking to me while well, I'm doing my 30 day yoga that I've made a commitment with my friend Annie that we're doing. Why are you talking to me? And it's just trying to keep up a little tiny boundary on my show up because I showed up and now you're trying to distract me. Um, so I just, I guess I'm trying to say for women that show up can trigger a lot of stuff of value and worth and, and, and men too, obviously, but yeah, I showed up for myself this week that I took off because I'm so tired and I knew that anything I attempted to do was not going to turn out well. So I showed up by not showing up for anyone else. I just watched my show and drank my water, rode my bike. Of course, I did the, you know, I went to Costco with my daughter and, you know, I did the things that I need to do to show up for my family in some ways. But mostly, no, I didn't. I did not. That is showing up for yourself and that's okay. Yes. And Jeff, you're going to show up for yourself, mm -hmm. that part of yourself that needs that business support. And I'm really, that's great. But of course, now you've told us also, of course, we're going to ask you, which is great because you're going to be. Fit well, that's <laughs> notice that, part of it. Notice that Laureate and I are not telling our resolutions. <laughs> Mine is drink water. Honestly, that's my resolution to drink water, to stay hydrated. It is literally all I can do to show up for myself is just remember I am worth not being dehydrated. Um, so, Lorian, I have a question for you. And you can, would you ever want to put a measurement around that? No. Like, would you, okay. No, because then I will set myself up for failure. Because then if I say, oh, I'm going to drink this much water, and then I don't do it on a Wednesday, and then Thursday, I'm like, well, fuck it. I can't do it. I'm giving up. I can't. But if well, that... it's just drink more water, then that means drink any water. So yesterday I drank some water, so I feel like I can handle that. So that is measurable, right? It's drink any water. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm this. I'm the same way. Where if I if I set a resolution that doesn't have a measurement, I'll feel like I'm constantly failing at it. So 
it's actually nice for me because I think it's important to know with resolutions, like you won't do it every day, but if you could put a measurement on it, some days you do and some days you don't. And like, that's okay. I think but that's it, dangerous for certain brain. people. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I can't do I'm all or nothing. Right. Yeah. So I am trying to break that black and white process of thinking, which is mm. I'm either doing it or I'm not. It's I'm showing up. I will try to drink water. I will drink water. That's it. Because like I couldn't make something like every day for 30 minutes, I will sit down and do this because the first day I didn't do it, I I would be like, well, that's not working out for me. I failed. Uh, So I am trying to break the black and white thinking because that's how my brain works. I get that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also I I will say 30 minutes a day seems like a lot, Jeff. Maybe it's a lot. Well, but that's an important part of the resolution advice is be realistic, like decide what works for you. So like, I, I don't have kids right now. So like, it's not super hard for me to carve out 30 minutes because it might just mean I stay up later one night. And again, like, I know I won't do this every day, but I have a document with a check mark and a note section. So like, if I miss it, there's no check mark. And I write a note as to like, maybe what got in the way and maybe how tomorrow I can avoid that. Um, or I just miss it and that's okay. Like you have to be really generous yourself with revolu- with resolutions because you will not do it every day, but having the chart for me gives me like a, n- a new day. Like I can try again the next day. And I think being awesome. even generous with yourself with the resolutions where like I took a PA gig on set this week just cause I kind of missed set. Um, but it really got in the way of, I mean, these were like 12 hour days, but like I had some great conversations with crew folks and like maybe I'm bending my resolution a bit, but I still counted it as a check mark because like I handed out Absolutely. a couple of business cards, you know, 100%. So that's 100% I, is part of your resolution. Yeah. So I think like being OK with maybe bending the rules a little bit to feel like you got that check mark in can feel good. And I like being able to click something that makes me feel like I did something. And um, again, I just think a lot of generosity and you know, self-ease around all this makes it easier. But I think for me, if I Where's don't- Where's the resolution app? There must be a resolution app and that you can like click it and then see, okay, I didn't do it every day, but look at the predominant color of this calendar. There mm-hmm. must be, somebody must have done this. Okay, tell us on the Facebook page. Yeah, tell so us So what the are Facebook the other page. resolution advice that you have, Jeff, when people are making a resolution? Yeah, so I'm kind of dancing around it, but being realistic. So if you're going to set a resolution, figure out what you can do and you have the space for. I think outlining your plan. So figuring out maybe where in your day you could squeeze this in. And of course, some days that will just not fit at all. And that's okay. But having a general sense of how it can actually fit into your life, I think is important. Um, and talking about it too. I am I will say like saying this on a podcast that thousands of people listen to, like I'm feeling pretty accountable. So yeah, like, hence I have not said mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think talking about it is good. And I think like rewarding yourself I know for me, I don't exactly know what that reward is going to be yet, but if I do have seven check marks on a week, I want to have something dumb. Like maybe I get to walk to the 7-Eleven on my block and buy a Kit Kat with no apologies, like something like that. Just because it it gives you something, right? To like kind of pat yourself on the back. And if you're on day seven and you haven't done it and you really want the Kit Kat, maybe you'll do it, right? So um, tracking your progress. So that's what I just mentioned. I know like I've got this Google Doc where I'm doing check marks and I know I'm not going to do it every day, but at least I have something I can go to to end the day with to create some framework around it. Um, Again, not beating yourself up. So being really generous with yourself when it comes to these goals. Um, Keep trying is obviously very important because like you will fail. And um, I mentioned it, but making it measurable and within your control. 
I think those are two things. If you don't set those two things, I find it very hard to stick with it because if you can't measure it, it's hard to hold yourself accountable to anything or it might become too difficult. So I, I believe I can do 30 minutes a day, but I think having space for adjustment too. So if I find that 30 minutes a day is too much and it might be, I might just try 15 or 10, but I know like setting that timer is a really important thing for me because I'm committing to something that I can do. Yeah, I totally think you should do that. You know, this speaks to, like we're talking about New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year, but it also speaks to everybody who wants to write more and has other day jobs or they find themselves not writing enough. Um, you know, a lot of like, that's why the Slack group started because it does, it holds you, it, you can say to the Slack group, I want to do this, it holds you accountable. There's a support group, you're sticking with it. You know, you can find other ways to help you scaffold your intention of what you want to do for yourself. And, you know, if you do one day not do it, just A, forgive yourself mm -hmm. and B, maybe there's some in interesting information in there of why you didn't do it that has to do with a resolution or has to do with something else. Why didn't you do it today? Oh, because I got overwhelmed. Why did I get overwhelmed? Because I said yes to too many things. Uh, why did I say yes to too many things? Like you can ask yourself why a couple of times and see, well, I said yes to too many things because it's easier to get overwhelmed than to actually look and dive deep into this thing because it's scaring the shit out of me or whatever, right? Like that you can, these resolutions can also be ways to illuminate in both when you do them and when you don't do them, right? Some part of you want it, wants this, and some part of you is going to pull back away from it. So and getting to know the part of you that's pulling back is also equally important. You need to know that part of yourself, accept that part of yourself. It's just there trying to help you. It's not evil. It's just trying to help you because it's got a different directive, right? That if you become a writer and director, you'll die or whatever it thinks, right? Um, you know, you need to know that part of yourself. And, you know, I think we also need to remember that our failures also make us who we are and they make us what's unique about us. And what's beautiful about us, all of those, you know, it's that uh, there's a Japanese world word for it. I think wabi-sabi that it is the cracks where the beauty is, right? So definitely know that when you set a resolution that, that there is no failure because that's, you're just learning more about yourself. Also, in and, terms I'm still of, not, and I'm still not telling you my resolution. No, I, I think um, be, be self-aware enough so that you don't set yourself up for failure I don't like to be held accountable. I don't want to report to you how many days I drank water because I have this really intense uh, fear of disappointing people. And so I've disappointed myself already by not accomplishing it. Now I'm going to report to you and you're going to be disappointed in me. Like I, I, and this is, you know, therapy, personal development opportunity here. If, if I try, decide to pursue that, but like, no, know what will help you feel successful around this. For me, it I, I can't do that. Like I, when I was writing my, my Peloton a lot and I had some friends who were also writing and they're like, let's write in the ride together. I'm like, no, like, I don't want witnesses. I just want to do my work. Like I, I never played soccer. I was on the swim team. I was on the track team. I like to be an individual contributor, you know, cause I don't like to be measured along with or against other people. Um, so I just be aware of what you're, limitations right, are whereas and don't somebody like me i need to be in some sort of competition like i started i tried to do weight you know lifting weights twice a week and finally i was like what am i doing like who am i trying to beat here like what's the game like who's who's lifting more weight than me why am i going to keep doing this like i actually need 
the you need the, orange the theory orange theory is like that group competition yeah, thing. i like yeah. it that's but, no. but that's just that's just everybody's brain is different and fig- yeah. that's part of what you're going to find out when you set resolutions yeah is what do you need i like the idea of setting intentions better than resolutions because like resolution is like i'm resolute in doing this and it's like yeah that's not my style yeah set, <laughs> set your intentions for the year yeah right and i i'm glad you brought that up lauren because i feel the same way about group goals i i was a swim I was a swimmer too and I ran cross country and I golf and like all of those are like very individual but what I do like personally and this again just me I like having like a a chart because then I'm accountable to myself um and it's like I'm not it's not like there's another person who's also doing 30 minutes of business development a day and it would be fine if there was but I wouldn't want to do it with them because I would only feel shame if they were kicking my ass in that um so it's nice because the only accountability is with myself with this version of it. Um, and so that's another way to think about it. You don't always have to be accountable by doing the same thing with someone. You can just have like someone who's helping you stay on top of a deadline or even yourself with some kind of system. So again, that's just me. And if it's helping our listeners, it's a tool that I like, but I think it's important to acknowledge that like, this is very personal and it's kind of, Oh, I love a chart. I love a chart. Yeah. It's just then my fear of not being able to sustain it. Right. And then I lose the chart. Then, so, I, you know, that's then I'm like, where's that file? Where's that chart? That's and then I find it three years thing. later. And I'm like, yeah, well, this was yeah. such a good idea. What happened? Yeah. Um, the generous way to think about it is like, even if I only do one day of this, it's one more day than I did last year. So like if that's January right. one, I do it on the chart and then I don't have it for the rest of time. <laughs> I did better than I did the year before. So like, I think just that generosity and ease with all of this is the only way I can sort of do it. Because I think resolutions can become such a self-righteous thing. And I just think it's a nice way, if you frame it in positivity and self-generosity, it's a way to just feel like inspired for the new year to be be your best self, right? There you go. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Cool. Well, I well, admire your commitment to yourself. We'll see how it goes. Inspired. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, 10 days in I've, or whatever. I don't know what today is. Um, and I've already missed... <laughs> It's the sixth. So, and I've already missed two days. So, so far I'm a D, right? I'm 66%. No, my God, stop. Oh my God, you can't grade <laughs> you yourself. Just you just said you can't you do that. I know. I'm totally make, I'm totally <laughs> oh joking here. But the good news is, and I'm instead choosing to look at it like, oh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm four out of six days. Like, I think you got four days. Congratulations. Yeah, trying to avoid any kind of value judgment around it is, I think, sort of the only way to go about it. Just take it day by day. All right. Well, that's a great way to end the episode. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. And if you haven't joined yet, uh, come on over to the TSL Facebook group. Uh, It's really fun to chat with everybody and sort of make connections. We also have some amazing Patreon workshops coming up, including a mock writer's room with friend of the show, Sean Prezant. Uh, If you've ever wanted to experience the day-to-day mechanics of a TV writer's room, come on over to the Patreon. And uh, remember, you are not alone and keep writing. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash thescreenwritinglife or email us at thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it, and not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.